Good afternoon. Welcome, 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 and thank you for joining our Men's Telesummit. My name is Lewis Denbaum, and I'm delighted to be your host for this informative, powerful, and practical Men's Summit. I organized the Men's Telesummit to bring experts together to address many of the important challenges we face as men. During the coming three weeks, you will hear from men and women who are leaders in the areas of our relationships to spirit and our spiritual life, our work, career, success, and passion, and our relationships to other men, our communities, and our lovers. A special welcome to the women who enrolled. While our focus is geared towards men, we trust that you will not only benefit individually, but that you will gain a much deeper understanding of and appreciation for the men in your lives. This, the first week of the Telesummit, will address spirit and spiritual life. By spirit, we mean whatever you define as your higher power, God, source, nature. Spiritual life refers to how we as men integrate our relationship to that spirit into our lives. As you'll see, managing this inner relationship can be fundamental to our success and our sense of well-being in all other areas of life. Our expert speakers this first week will be Dennis Lewis, Stephen Dynan, Daniel Gutierrez, Deborah Poneman, Samuel Bonder, Terry Patton, and Craig Hamilton, each highly recognized and respected for his or her contribution in this vital area of every man's life. A few housekeeping points. Each of our speakers has promised to leave time for questions. If you are attending our summit via telephone, you can push star 2 on your phone to indicate that you'd like to ask a question. If you are attending via Internet, there is a box on the left-hand side of the screen in which you can type in your question and click Submit. All of the interviews will be recorded. And at the end of each day, we will send you a link to listen to that day's interviews. Oh, and one last note. Some of our speakers may be offering specific techniques or practices for your consideration. It is important, where appropriate, that you consult your personal health care professional in deciding whether these practices are right for you. Ultimately, each of us is responsible for our own choices. This afternoon, I have the great pleasure of welcoming Dennis Lewis. Here's a little bit about Dennis. A longtime student of Guru Ji's work, Advaita and Taoism, Dennis Lewis teaches the transformative power of presence through natural breathing, qigong, meditation, and self-inquiry. In the Gurujeev work, Dennis's primary teacher for 15 years was Lord John Pentland, 
who led the main line of the Guruji's work in America for many years and who made Dennis a group leader in the Guruji Foundation of San Francisco, California. Dennis continued with the foundation until the mid-1980s. Dennis's Taoist and Qigong teacher over a 10-year period included Mantok Chia, Dr. Wang Shan Long, and Bruce Franis, all of whom certified him and gave him permission during those years to teach specific Qigong forms and energy practices. Dennis studied for three years with Advaita Vedanta Master Jean Klein. Now, here are Dennis's books. Dennis is co-editor with Jacob Needleman of two books, Sacred Tradition and Present Need, and On the Way to Self-Knowledge. He is the author of The Tao of Natural Breathing, Free Your Breath, Free Your Life, and most recently, Breathe into Being, Awakening to Who You Really Are. And finally, Dennis has a three-CD audio program called Natural Breathing. Dennis teaches regularly at Esalon Institute, the National Qigong Conferences, and other venues throughout the United States. Welcome, Dennis, and thank you for joining us today. So welcome, Dennis. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm really honored to be here with you, uh, Lewis, very much. So before we, we, deep, we dive into your topic of breath, free your breath and free your life, you know, all of us are the, the summation of all of our life experiences to date. And I'm wondering if you can share with us, Dennis, if there's one or two life experiences that have brought you to this point that can tell us about you. Is there anything like that you would like to share? Oh, there's a lot. Um, let's see. I will share uh, the fact that, um, well, I had my own public relations agency with a partner, and we uh, worked uh, very hard on behalf of um, high-tech clients. Um, in fact, we were one of the top agencies in the country uh, once we got going, uh, such as Sun Microsystems, Oracle Corporation, lots of startups, and uh, very high pressure, very high pressure um, business. And uh, as I was uh, working in this business and uh, growing from three employees or two employees when we started to and three and all the way up to 35 when we sold the company, uh, there was an enormous amount of pressure. And one of the things that I had to face was how to deal with this pressure, how to how to find a way to transform the, all the energy associated with all the work we were doing into something that was useful for me. I'm not sure I really was able to achieve that while I was, <laughs> while I actually had the company. But I know that when I sold the company, I decided at that point, or the decision was made, I didn't really make the decision. Uh, the decision was made to have a complete, uh, uh, transformation of careers. And, um, that high pressure and some illnesses that came up as a result of it led me to go deeply into the breath and deeply into uh, Taoist healing and uh, some other traditions um, as well. 
and uh, and discover, in fact, that there was a whole other side of my life that I really wished to pursue, and uh, or that wished to pursue me, I guess, is perhaps a better way to put it. So it was a it was a real transformational experience. Um, yeah. Going from yeah. Some, sometimes those stressful experiences, in my experience, can be totally transforming, and they show us we need to do something different. So, what was the first uh, entry into breathwork for you? Well, I had I had been interested in the breath ever since I was a kid. I used to spend a lot of time holding my breath. Uh, I was uh, I was born upside down. I was a breech baby. Uh, they expected me to be dead uh, upon delivery. Wow. Uh, with the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck, uh, which it was, but I was not dead, as you now hear. Um, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Glad yes, about that. yes, yes. And uh, um, so I always had a fascination with the breath, and I found myself holding my breath a lot. I used to swim a lot and hold my breath underwater, hold my, you know, and, and over the years, um, I began to get more and more interested in it. Um, I for many years was in a tradition called the Gurdjieff work. Um, and though we never worked with manipulating the breath in any kind of way, and I still don't really, we did work very much with becoming aware of our breath and how our breath relates to the whole of our life. And that's yeah. really sort of the key of what we're talking about here. Um, then I went further uh, into the breath uh, in the Taoist tradition with people like Mantak Chia and Bruce Francis. Um, also, uh, in the Advaita, uh, Vedanta tradition with Jean Klein, uh, I did pranayama for several years and a lot more in-depth work with yoga and breathing. So I, I, it, 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 it gradually be, became clear to me that this was very important to me and so I started writing about it. And, uh, that's how my books emerged and, and so on. Ah, so you've approached breathwork from a, a variety of angles, it sounds like. Yes, because the breath is really, and, and I wanted to say this because I'm so happy to be starting off uh, this first week, which is spirit, and I'm the first speaker, uh, first interviewee, I guess, and uh, I'm so happy to be starting off because breath and spirit are really, in, in, in many traditions, they're the same. Breath and spirit come from the same roots. And so when we talk about our breath, it's something that needs to be understood, it needs to be appreciated much more than it needs to be manipulated. You know, the, the idea that we can manipulate our breath using our thought is, is, yes, we can. And sometimes we have to if we have, you know, if we, if we are, we have major breathing problems. We may need to do that, and we do need to do that sometimes. But really, underneath that, there needs to be a great appreciation for the mystery of the breath. Mm -hmm. And that really fits in with this first week of spirit, with the openness of spirit, with the fact that, in a certain sense, spirit is really unknown. It's something that moves us. It's something that touches us, moves us. Uh, but if we're not open to it, if we forget it, which we do in our daily work lives, especially... Especially men, we don't have we don't have that inbuilt reminder. I mean, uh, you know, women can have children. Uh, the, the children are actually uh, nurtured inside of them. Um, they have monthly cycles. We don't have stuff like that, we men. 
And it's a bit tricky because it's so easy for us to forget that there are larger forces at work. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Dennis. It's a really key point. I know sometimes when I'm sitting maybe at a spiritual workshop, someone will say, take a deep breath. And I say, oh, yeah, I'm not really breathing right now. <laughs> I'm breathing maybe a little bit to keep me alive, but not really to to really be aware of it. So, so thank you for that. So um, what about practices? What what have you learned about breathing practices for, for men? Is something you'd well, like this is an important question. This is really an important question, Lewis. Um, I think that um, one of the issues that men face, and this is something that I wanted to talk about, and I even mentioned that it's a kind of secret, uh, and we'll get more into it as the interview goes on, but um, we men like to do things. We like to practice things. We like to do things. I'm not saying that women don't also. In fact, they do. But it seems to define men even more so. Men love to give their opinions. They love to solve problems. They love to do things. Uh, there's a very yang kind of energy, a doing energy. And that doing energy is very necessary in the world, as we all know. At the same time, um, it, there's also a yin energy. There's a, there's a kind of soft, wonderful, soft, open, welcoming energy, uh, which we could use uh, in the Taoist tradition. We might use the term yin, uh, which is a more female energy, if you like. And it's the energy of being. It's the energy of actually being rooted, connected to the earth. It's the energy of being connected to all the forces that are in and around us. And that that is so easily forgotten by men. I know it was for me often in my own business life. So occupied with success, with doing, with making money, with raising the family, you know, and so on. Um, so th this is very important, and we're going to get more into this, I think, as, as, as the interview goes on. Okay, great. So is, is saying that it's that the yin is important, so that, does that make it harder for men to practice, or they just don't think about practicing? What, what's the, uh, what do men have to overcome to get into breathing work in, in the beginning and then also to, to stay with it? I think, uh, well, there's a bunch of things. And first of all is the very word practice. Um, I use the word practice a lot. I do, but people who know me know that when I do use that word, uh, which I use a lot, that I don't mean by it uh, often what other people mean by it. It's not like a strong, repetitious doing. And that's very often what men face in themselves. When I first talk about, for example, practicing some of the things that are in my books and in my workshops and so on, the kind of practice that I'm talking about is a practice of letting go. It's a practice of um, welcoming. It's a practice of relaxing. And all of those things cannot be done with tension. And, of course, we men have learned how to do things with tension. Uh, we've learned how, for example, or if you go to the local fitness centers, you'll see Everybody's trying to strengthen their abdominal muscles, and that's great. We need strong abdominal muscles. Men and women need strong abdominal muscles. But the muscles, there also has to be softness in the belly. 
because the belly is so much connected with our overall breathing. So if the belly is nothing but steel, then there's not going to be any breath there. The diaphragm is not going to move very much. And our breathing is not going, it's going to be a caricature of what our breath could really be. So I'm, I'm very cautious using the word practice simply because, um, well, I got a call once from somebody who had read my first book, The Tao of Natural Breathing. And uh, he, he told me on the phone, he said, you know, I've been practicing all your things and uh, I'm just getting more and more tense. And I said, well, what have you been practicing? Well, I'm really trying to do this and do that. <laughs> and the book constantly says, don't try to do this. Try to feel it. Try to sense it. Just sense, feel, open yourself to it. And, and to me, that's, that's a very different kind of practice than most men are used to. We're not used to actually feeling what's going on in our organism right now or sensing what's going on in our organism right now. We just haven't been trained that way. Right. So if we were to define, redefine the word practice for today's call to just mean the discipline to engage in your breathing uh, techniques on a regular basis, then would that be a better way to use practice? I think it would be a better way, but it would still be... Um, it still doesn't really answer that 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 um, conditioning that, that that we have to when we practice to to become tense. Yeah. There's there's a kind of tension that comes with a certain kind of practice. And for example, you mentioned um, a minute ago taking a deep breath. Well, it's really important not to try to take a deep breath. Because if you actually grab for breath, you often create unnecessary tension in your diaphragm and in your secondary breathing muscles. And that actually undermines the wisdom of the body. The body really knows how to breathe really well in every circumstance if you can let go of all your uh, ideas about what breathing should be, how your body should be, how you should practice, and so on. So the kind of practices that I... Um, uh, teach are really practices having to do with letting go, with relaxation, with beginning to sense the miracle of your own body. Because the breath, at the first level of the breath, is really at the bodily level. You could say the first discernible level. There are, there are other levels that are probably primary to that. But the first discernible level is is your body. And many of us only really sense our bodies, become aware of our bodies when they hurt or when there's great pleasure. But most of our lives are not spent in those two states. They're spent between somewhere. So to actually learn how to sense one's body, to sense the subtle, the very subtle energies of the body, and how those energies are linked with the breath, and how they're linked with thought and feeling and so on, is, is crucial. So this is the kind of practice that I teach. Now, of course, I do teach some some simple things that you could say are practices, yes, indeed, but to 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 explore them without trying for a result, without getting attached to any kind of image of a result that I might have in mind, that's key. Ah, interesting, very interesting. Um, I like your approach. It, it is quite quite different than most approaches out there. One thing I want to ask you about, Dennis, uh, in your bio we mentioned that 
that you teach the transformative power of presence. And yes. uh, I, I want you to speak a little bit about that uh, for men. What is the value of, of the, the power of presence for us as men? Wow, that's a big question and, uh, and a fairly fundamental, I mean, a very fundamental question. Presence is the connectedness that we have with ourselves through awareness. One could put it that way. I'd probably never put it that way, but just now, that's, that's how I'm putting it. So, so just now, as we're sitting here uh, speaking and listening, as you speak and I speak and others listen, um, to be present means to actually sense the body, to feel the feelings, to be aware of the thoughts, and to begin to understand that we really, at the deepest level, don't know who we are. As men, we've been taught to think we know who we are because we have to, you know, many of us, we're out making livings, many women are too. So again, these are not things that are just for men, but perhaps men have this problem a little bigger than women do, a little more than women do. Um, to actually begin to sense the unknown, the unknown quality of our life, the, the side of our life, the, the miraculous side of our life, the fact that we're even here. To be present means to be connected, but it also means to be connected with the mystery and with the miracle of ourselves. Well, when you really stop and think about it, and I say this every now and then to people and uh, in my classes and, and I write it sometimes, I say, you know, you are exactly who you are, but who are you? And, you know, if you ask uh, a man that, they'll start out by telling you their occupation. Right. And that's the most superficial side of, of, of who we are. That's the functional side of who we are. But there's another side besides the functional side. There's an essential side of who we are. There's who we are when we were born, the essence, if you like. And we've been conditioned, we've been brought up in certain families, certain cultures, uh, to believe that men are supposed to be this way and women are supposed to be that way. And uh, men are supposed to be more yang and women are supposed to be more yin. And uh, We don't even think in those terms of yang and yin. But, but the idea being that, that we have a thought structure already imposed, a conditioning imposed, that begins to define us as our life goes on. So in a way... Uh, Presence, the work with presence, and you can find it in, in my work, you can find it with Eckhart Tolle, you can find it with all of these, means to, means to begin to come back and not knowing, to a sense of not knowing, to a sense of the mystery, to a sense of the fact that I'm here, I'm uniquely who I am, but who am I? And really beginning to feel that question and allowing that question to bring light into my life so that if I'm in an argument with my boss or with my wife or with my friend or whatever, or discussion, that that question can, can, can play underneath the surface and, and begin to open me to new impressions. And, and as I begin to open to new impressions, I begin to discern the breath more clearly. I begin to feel this breath of life moving through me. Wonderful. I don't know if this makes sense, but... It does. It does to me. Uh, are there other... You, you know, you mentioned the practical. I, I'd like to be practical these next three weeks because to me men are out there struggling and suffering and have challenges in their lives and it sounds like developing presence uh, can help 
uh, them dramatically, and that, what well, if I understand correctly, the breath work will help us to develop that presence. Is that is that right? Yes. Well, one thing is, is that the breathing is always going on. It's always happening. And so one could say that really the first step, for example, of meditation, and, 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 and whether it's meditation of sitting or standing or walking or meditation in action, one of the first steps of, of any real mindfulness, of any real meditation, of any real awareness, is to actually be aware of your body. Now, to be aware of your body, which I which I heartily recommend for every man and for, for every woman, but women tend to have more awareness of their bodies anyway because of other forces that are going on. But in any case, to actually sense your body, one of the first steps is just to just to follow your breathing, <clears throat> just to be aware that you're breathing. And so the breath is always there as a kind of anchor. It's an anchor for the mind, for the emotions, and so on. You can come back to the breath, and the minute you come back to it and just follow it, your attention ceases to be hmm, hijacked by your um, by all your associations, by your thoughts, how, what you should be doing, how people should be acting, all these other things. By paying attention to your breathing, you have less attention for all the shoulds and shouldn'ts in your life. And you begin to appreciate the more yin side of life, the more being side of life. And so this is something that you can do at any time. You can just, you know, you're, you're, you're hard at work. Um, you take 30 seconds and you just stop. You just stop what you're doing for 30 seconds. Assume well, you can't do it if you're driving and you have your equipment or your car or something like that. But, but you know, office jobs, all kinds of other jobs, <clears throat> you can stop or at least you can stop inwardly for 30 seconds and simply come into this state of not knowing. Come into the state of just following your breathing, watching it, being aware of it, sensing yourself being supported by the earth. And this is a very powerful exercise. Dennis, is there something that we could do on this call now that you can uh, have us experience? Sure. Yes, let's let's try a couple of things. Oh, uh, first thing would be to um, really feel your feet on the ground. You know, we're being supported by the earth. And some of you may be standing, perhaps most of you are sitting, but even so, uh, some may be lying down. Uh, can you feel your feet or your body on the earth being supported by the earth? And as you begin to sense that, as you begin to sense that you're supported, you're already supported. You don't always have to be supporting yourself. The earth is supporting you. Then you let your shoulders drop. All right? So you let your shoulders drop because the shoulders come up and get very tense when we start identifying with all our projects about all the things we should be doing all the things we have to do and so on. You find the shoulders um, beginning to lift. So the first step is to be aware of your shoulders, sense the earth supporting you, and now you're going to rub your hands and get them really nice and warm. And I'm doing it right now with everyone. You rub your hands, get them nice and warm, and put them physically right over your navel so that you can feel the warmth and part of your hand will be below the navel, part of it will be above, part will be over it. And you'll begin to feel the warmth coming from your hands. Now you let yourself feel the warmth coming from your hands. And let that warmth begin to travel back toward the spine. 
Very simple practice. Warmth coming from your hands. You let it travel back towards your spine and begin to fill your whole abdomen. Now, as you do this, you may discover that on the in-breath, your belly begins to expand more. The breath likes to go with his ease and comfort. And so the belly will begin to expand more or want to expand more on the in-breath. And on the out-breath, it'll, it'll, it'll contract more or it'll uh, go back to where it started, uh, but in a very relaxed kind of way. You don't try to do it. It's the, it's the ease and the comfort in your belly that's actually bringing your breath down lower. Now, why do we want to experience? So as I'm speaking, keep your hands on your belly and feel the breath beginning to drop down into your lower center of into your center of gravity. Why is this so important? Well, it's important for a couple of reasons. One is, and every martial artist knows this, your center of gravity is down just below your navel, your main center of gravity. But it's also true for all of us in our lives. And yet, most of us are living up in our upper chests and necks and faces and heads. That's where our, most of our attention is most of the time, and our breathing is up very high. Now, when our breathing is up high like that, when it's mainly coming from the upper chest, the diaphragm is not much activated. We're not using much of the diaphragm. So we want to begin to activate the diaphragm. And the way the diaphragm gets activated is when the belly begins to move, the organs begin to move. And as the organs begin to move, it allows the diaphragm to drop down farther on the in-breath. And then on the out-breath, and the belly retracts back. The diaphragm is actually pushed back by the internal organs and helps to empty the lungs. So very, very fundamental practice. You cannot activate your diaphragm through its full extensions, multidimensional extensions, its movements in different directions, without the belly being free and the lower back being free. You just can't. You can try to force it. You can do all kinds of other breathing exercises, but you're not going to find that kind of beautiful, comfortable, easy, natural breath. So very, very important to begin to sense the belly beginning to engage with the breathing. That doesn't mean that the chest doesn't move. Of course, the chest moves, and the back has to begin to move. The whole body begins to move with the breath. And But it begins, in a way, with just sensing the warmth from your hands entering into your belly and relaxing all the tissue there, which allows the diaphragm to move more fully. This is one of my fundamental practices. And you don't put a book on your belly and then try to move the book with your belly. That's doing. So as you're, as you're trying this, let's talk a little bit about this, one of these secrets that I would really like to impart during this hour, and it is a secret to most people. The part of ourselves that, um, the inhalation part of ourselves, in other words, when we inhale, that is controlled by the sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is the doing part of ourselves. And that's where a lot of we men spend a lot of our time doing things, grabbing for breath, doing breathing exercises, using tension, and so on. Okay. The relaxation, the exhalation, is controlled by the parasympathetic nervous system. Totally different processes. The parasympathetic nervous system includes the relaxation response. So, insofar as you can exhale consciously, 
you're turning on your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your relaxation response. So very, very important to begin to feel, yes, there's an inhalation, but even more important is my exhalation. And rather than spending time trying to inhale more air, just be aware of the exhalation. And when you can, begin to pay attention to the exhalation. So right now your hands are in your belly. In the inhalation, you just let it happen by itself. And just notice the exhalation, how the belly retracts back. And then just wait and let the inhalation come by itself. And you will find, if you can let go in that way, paying attention to the exhalation, turning on more of the yin side of yourself, the parasympathetic nervous system, that the exhalation will come in a big way and you will feel yourself being breathed, being breathed by something much greater than yourself. Bruce, are you there? I am there, and I'm very relaxed, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I just, very I just relaxed. wanted to make sure Thank I wasn't you. putting anybody to sleep here. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think to sleep, just relaxed. <laughs> good, good. So, and so I was really quite taken by, as you were, you were speaking, I, I was having the experience of, you know, of the, the belly expanding more as, as I relaxed into the experience. So, good. That was confirmation now, for me, innocent confirmation of of uh, what you were saying. And I also noticed uh, before you, you know, at the very beginning how really tense my shoulders were. And as I tried well, to place is, my feet on the ground, I was realizing, like, wow, I, this is a different experience. I have to try and really relax into that, too, because my feet don't want to, you know, be supported. I want to do the supporting. So yeah, you want to I can do see exactly what you're saying about us as men wanting to yang, have that yang energy and and, and do. So, wow, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that that yang energy is an energy that's a lifting energy. You could almost say it's a lifting energy. It's an energy that that makes us soar as men, and it's important. It's absolutely crucial, but it's absolutely crucial that we also return to earth. That we soar from earth. That, that our feet are grounded and that our shoulders don't rise up because the minute your shoulders rise up, the whole pattern of breathing changes. And I have met more men in this culture, um, uh, in my workshops and all over the country, who have sore shoulders and whose shoulders are constantly tense. And I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll touch them because I also teach Qigong sometimes and I'll, and I'll teach a certain kind of Qigong movement or posture, and it's amazing how much tension we carry in our shoulders. And that's because there's always this lifting. We need to find the sinking. We need to let the attention and the energy begin to sink. And we find that with the breath, when we have a balanced breath, the inhalation lifts us, and the exhalation sinks us, in a sense. The inhalation lifts us toward the heavens. The exhalation drops us back down to earth or connects us with earth. And if we can have a balanced breath, then we can have that kind of harmony between the two because we need to have harmony. If it's out of balance, our life is going to be out of balance. Our relationships are going to be out of balance. Um, the whole theme of what we're talking about these this three weeks is going to be totally impossible if the breath is really out of whack. And so th this is this is crucial. Now, let's say you're the kind of person who has so much tension and so much anxiety, which many men, it's true for many men, that 
it, you can't really find the balanced stress. So then you may have to spend more time learning how to um, promote your exhalation, which, which, remember, turns on what? The parasympathetic nervous system, part of which is the relaxation response. So if you can spend more time with your exhalation than you do with your inhalation, that will help calm you. So I'm going to give you an exercise right now. Keep the hands on the belly. Okay. And this is a practice, but you know, it's not a practice of doing. It's a practice of being. It's really a different kind of practice. So see if you can find a different way to to uh, work with this. All right. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to allow the inhalation to come in through your nose, just however it does. And you do not try to control it in any way other than you want it to come through your nose because your nose filters the air, cleans the air, it warms the air, humidifies it uh, so that the lungs will receive it in a much more efficient way. And not only that, but the air going through the nose stimulates the brain. And uh, there's a famous osteopath uh, who once said that uh, people who typically breathe through their mouths, they're only living half a life because they're not stimulating the brain the part of the brain that needs to be stimulated for the life force to really move through us. So very, very important to learn to breathe through the nose. Um, so anyway, okay, that being said, now if you allow the breath to come through the nose, however it wishes, but through the nose, and as you exhale, just try something very simple. Imagine um, a birthday cake in front of you or a leaf, and on the birthday cake there might be one candle with a flame. And on the, or the leaf may be on a tree. And now what you're going to do on your exhalation is you're going to use pursed lips. You're going to purse your lips. And you're just going to let the air gradually come out. You're not going to blow out the candle or blow the leaf away. You're just going to watch the candle flame flicker, if you like visualizations, or the leaf just flicker as though your breath were the wind, which it is the wind, in a sense. So you're just going to allow this very gentle breath to just touch the candle flame and just touch the leaf. And so you'll find it's very comfortable through pursed lips. You can have a long, 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 long exhalation. So let's just try it. I'm not going to talk for a minute because I just want to do it with you. So do two or three of these. And just check your state now. Just see, how do you feel? What does your body feel like? What does your psyche feel like? Lewis, are you there? I am here. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you're here. <laughs> I'm enjoying these. Uh, I don't want to call them practices now. <laughs> well, it's a practice, it's a practice, but it's a different kind of practice uh, because... Do you, Dennis, do you have a name for that, what we just did? 
Oh, it's it's in my books, uh, but I, I don't really give it a name. Oh, okay. Um, it's, uh, you know, call it what you like, uh, blowing out the, you don't blow out, just blowing on the candle. Yeah, um, I just thought it's, it's really, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a practice for lengthening your exhalation. Yeah. And it's a very, a lot of people like visualization, so I don't use visualizations a whole lot, but I find that with this, it's just very comfortable to visualize just slightly making a leaf, you know, shiver in the wind if you like a little bit or a candle flame just flicker a little bit um, and it's very very powerful you do three or four of these breaths in, in the middle of a very stressful situation and you will relax I was hired by a major corporation to come out to the west coast to teach their managers this is about three or four years ago to teach their managers how to relax and this is one of the practices that I gave them and uh, it's very very effective because but what it means is you're exhaling three or four times longer than you're inhaling, but you're not trying to do it. You're just you're just enjoying, you know, the, the air coming out through pursed lips, making the, the leaf flicker. There's no end result in mind. But at the end of this whole thing, you're not like trying to blow the, the leaf away, which men would say, okay, let's see who can blow it faster. Let's see, yeah. who can, let's, let's see who can blow out more candles, all that kind of competitive <laughs> stuff. There's no competition here. <laughs> I was really surprised at how long it took to, to do the exhalation by just having that gentle breath coming out. I said, wow. This, this is yes, and this is, so you're turning on your parasympathetic nervous system, and this is a great secret. It's a secret that not many people, even people who work with their breathing, don't know about it. They don't understand that the Outbreath is controlled by the parasympathetic nervous system. So when you lengthen your outbreath, you're longer in that in that being mode, in that relaxation mode. Very, very important to, very to begin good. to understand that. Hey Dennis, uh, I'm going to see about questions if that's okay with you at this point. Absolutely. We'll come back and we'll we'll wrap up. And for everyone on the call, uh, Dennis is going to end with a very special uh, poem for us. Uh, so hold on, let's see. I've got uh, Tom in Beverly Hills. I'm going to unmute you. Tom. Hey, Tom. Tom, are you there? Tom. Tom, can you, okay, how about now, Tom? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh. Thanks. Hi, Tom. Hi, Dennis. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, I'm just curious about uh, your your connection with with the Gurdjieff work, if you don't mind speaking a little bit about that, and whether this uh, practice with the breath has a relationship with that, or how you see that entire uh, notion of presence working with the with, with the breath work. Oh, there's a lot of questions there. Uh, first of all, I'm no longer connected with the Gurdjieff Foundation. At one time, I was actually, I was, I was involved with the foundation for 17 years or 18 years. I don't remember exactly. And I was a group leader for many part of, a good part of that time. Made a group leader by John Pentland, who was with Gurdjieff. Um, the breathing practices that I'm uh, talking about here really have nothing to do with the, uh, with that, except insofar as you can learn how to become aware of your breathing. The actual simple following of your breath 
which is one of my fundamental practices. It's on my Facebook page. It's on my websites. It's, it's in my books. Learning how to follow your breath to find that, that, um, that inner presence, that silent place in yourself, uh, stillness from which you can just simply follow. Absolutely crucial to all of this work we're talking about and absolutely crucial to presence. Because without finding this kind of inner quiet, this inner stillness, this inner silence, um, presence is really, you're going to be, you're going to be taken by the first thought that comes to you or the first emotion or first reaction or whatever. I don't know if this answers your questions, but did you have another one there? No, actually that's helpful. I mean, it also relates very strongly to my understanding of, and you mentioned him, Eckhart Tolle's work. He also talks about going into the body and not attaching to any particular thoughts that come through. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes, yes. And and the idea is not to get rid of thoughts. The idea is to simply be a bigger container for them. <laughs> Don't, you know, welcome them without... Uh, one of my students once says to me, uh, thought is like a bus, and the driver's saying, come on, get on. And you just, you know, you just notice the bus go by, you don't get on. Okay, great. You don't let it take you anyplace. Unless you're actually trying to think. Now, if you're trying to think, then you really have to perhaps get on the bus and see where that thought goes. But with simple presence, you're just learning to follow. And the breath is one of the first things that you can practice with, if I can use that word, because it's always there. And in order to follow your breath, you have to come to a whole different level of quiet, stillness, silence, and so on. Thanks for, thanks for spending the hour with us. That's nice. Thank you, Tom, for your questions. Tom, thanks for, thanks for calling and for your questions. Dennis, we have a question that came in over the web, and that is, it says, you alluded to the fact that you might be able to be doing breathing standing. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, doing breathing standing. I don't understand. Of course, we all are breathing while we're standing. Um, like a breathing practice or something, however you want to define what we're talking about. You can do you can do all of these kinds of practices, standing, sitting. Standing and sitting are really the best postures. Lying down uh, for the belly breathing, you can do you can do it lying down. That's very effective because it takes you ah, deeper down. into more into your instinctive. Uh, parts of yourself, um, but sitting and standing, you can do most of the practices that I teach, at least, if not all. Um, and in fact, it's very, very important because what I really, what really interests me with all this work that I do is what what could be called meditation in action, um, presence in action, awareness in action. Uh, and that, that, because that's what counts. You know, it's one thing to meditate in your room when it's quiet, uh, or in a cave someplace, or in beautiful woods, or by the ocean, and you feel joy and bliss and so on, but most of us don't spend our lives there. We have to come back to all these relationships that these three weeks are about. How do we relate to others? How do we relate to our spouses, our lovers, our friends, the people we work with? And so, one can begin to be aware of one's breathing in the middle as you're standing, talking, uh, whatever you're doing, you can be aware of your breathing right as you do it. And that double awareness, the awareness outside listening to the other person and the awareness inside listening to yourself, 
establishes an entirely new kind of relationship. That's fantastic. I love that, Dennis. I I couldn't agree with you more that we spend most of our life in action with people as men in the world, uh, and anything like this that you're you're bringing to us now is is very powerful to to improve our lives. And you know the other thing that you said a few minutes ago was uh, that. This breath work can balance everything else that we're doing. It can serve as a foundation for our work, our relationships. It's so, our life force. You know, Lewis, yeah. it's our life force. It's the spirit moving through us. However you want to define spirit, the breath, where does the breath come from? And in the Bible, what does it say? In the, in the Christian Bible, it says in the Old Testament, it says, man, uh, God created man of the dust of the, of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Right. It's, the, it's, the, it's the earth, and it's the breath. And the breath is the spirit. And uh, that breath, which has many, many levels, it has the outermost mechanical level of how we breathe, but as you pay attention, you can find there are subtle breaths going on inside that breathing. Beautiful, beautiful. A uh, reminder, if, you're, if you've called in, press star 2 to indicate you want to ask a question. We have time for a few more questions if, if you have them. And my assistant will check the Internet for me. Uh, Dennis? Yep. Can you uh, – I noticed that you have uh, – Something in, in your book called The Breath of the Heart. That sounded fascinating to me. Just wondering if there's anything in this short time that you can mention about that. Well, I hope everybody will buy that book. <laughs> All right. Which free, one is that, free, Dennis? Free Your Breath, Free Your Life. Okay. Uh, there's a medita- I have a bunch of meditations in there, and one of them is The Breath of the Heart. And it's really learning how to sense your heart and breathe through your heart. And I have a whole practice on that. Uh, there you go with that word practice again. But it's a beautiful practice. It's not the kind of practice that you feel like you have to work to do. In other words, the work is joyful. And uh, when work is joyful, it's no longer work in that, in that traditional sense that men say, oh, I have to go to work. I've got to make a living. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Well, if what, is, if what you're doing is joyful, all of that changes. And so the breath of the heart is something that you can that you can practice for yourself, and it can totally transform the way you confront other people, not just from heads, from from your head, from your thoughts, from trying to do things, but from your heart, from really feeling, listening and feeling what's going on in another human being. Um, and, and this meditation helps with that. Ah, wow, beautiful. I'll, I'll put the link to that book on the email that goes out tonight. Oh, great. You know, I have other books, too. I have The Tao of Natural Breathing, and then I have uh, Breathe into Being, Awakening to Who You Really Are. That was my last book. And then I have an audio program called Natural Breathing, and it's in my own voice. I I recorded it with Sounds True. Sounds True produced it, and it's available, too. And they're all available on my websites. I don't know if if you're going to announce my websites and all that stuff, or if I'm supposed to do that, you tell me. Why don't you do that now? Uh, and right. also, I want to call to the, all the listeners' attention that uh, all of Daniel's information and his bio is on the mensteleSummit.com 
Page. Dennis's. Dennis's. Photo. Not Daniel's. Sorry, Dennis. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. Dennis's information is on uh, our website, and uh, go there. You'll see more of his biography and his blog and his website. Uh, he has several websites, so it's all there clickable for you. But give it to us right now. Okay, anybody who's on Facebook, I have a Facebook fan page that has more than 50,000 fans. It's uh, facebook.com slash Dennis Lewis author. Facebook.com slash Dennis Lewis author. I have a blog, denlu.com, D-E-N-L-E-W, the first three initials of my first last name, denlu.com blog. And then my main website is denislewis.org. And I also list, you know, classes, workshops. Um, all my books are there. You can order through the websites if you wish. Um, and a lot of articles and practices and other things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, that's all, again, available at the Telesummit page. And the email that goes out tonight with the recording of this call, I will, I will include those links also for you. So we're pretty much close to the top of the hour, and with that, I'd like to thank Dennis Lewis for sharing his wisdom and his insight and these tools with us this afternoon. Dennis, I've learned a lot from you today about breathwork, and I'm sure our participants have as well. And now, really, for me, what comes is the empowering part of actually putting some of this into practice. Yes, Absolutely. So, so uh, I guess before, I can close with uh, – go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Before we get to your poem, I just want to uh, tell our listeners about what's coming up next. Tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time, we'll be continuing with Stephen Dynan, the CEO of the Shift Network. His topic is Seeing All Your Life is Sacred. I hope you'll join us. Uh, and now, before we close, uh, Dennis – uh, concluding remark and, and this uh, poem you, you would like to share with us. All right. A concluding remark is I would like to just suggest one more simple practice. Right. You can try it as you're listening to the poem. And that is, you know, we go around often with frowns on our faces, uh, especially a lot of men. Uh, I've seen them frowning, thinking about all they have to do and so on, how little time there is to do it. And, uh, women too, but we, we all have it. Um, Put a smile on your face and keep it there for three minutes and you will see the magic that happens. I don't care how you put the smile there. You just put it there and you keep it there. And uh, I've tested this out and I've tested it with many hundreds of students, but I've also been hooked up to biofeedback machines and all my brain waves changed. Put a smile on your face. Breathe through the smile into your heart. And I have practices in my books and on my websites about that. Very crucial practice. And with that, here's a poem from Kabir, uh, translated by Robert Bly, called The Breath. Are you looking for me? I am in the next seat. My shoulder is against yours. You will not find me in stupas, nor in Indian shrine rooms, nor in the synagogues, nor in cathedrals, not in masses, nor kirtans, 
not in legs winding around neck, nor in eating nothing but vegetables. When you really look for me, you will see me instantly. You will find me in the tiniest house of time. Kabir says, student, tell me, what is God? He is the breath inside. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. So thank you again, Dennis. Thank you, Lewis. We appreciate it. You have a wealth of wisdom, and we'll have to do another Men's Telesummit in the future and have you back because I know there's a lot more you have to offer us. Oh, yes. I'd love to come back, and uh, and I appreciate your uh, getting in touch with me in the first place. (laughs) You're welcome. So this is Lewis Denbaum, your host of the Men's Telesummit, wishing all of you a blessed day, and bye for now.